everybody. Do you like getting stoned and watching a movie? Or just watching a movie? Well, then check out our podcast, I Am Weed, where we and a guest go to the movies and discuss it after. A movie review podcast with a little token twist. Get it? Oh, boy. But hey, you don't have to smoke weed to enjoy this podcast. Uh, you should enjoy watching movies, though. Subscribe to I Am Weed on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now. Uh, uh, uh. Check it. You are now tuned in to Fish at the Water, where comedians learn from forerunners and give honor. Tweety and Jeremiah mix it up like honor farmers, making sure everybody leaves educated like scholars. This is Fish at the Water. This is Fish at the Water. This is Fish Hey, everybody. Welcome to Fish Out of Water. Um, I'm Ryan. I'm Jeremiah. And today we have a super special guest oh, yeah. with us, um, one of the co-creators of The Break Womb. She is an author of the book Catalog Living at Its Most Absurd and also has a blog just entitled Catalog Living. And she's Second City alum, IO Chicago alum. Um, she went to university at, at Tuft, Tuft University, yeah. um, which she excelled there. <laughs> <laughs> Molly Erdman, yeah. everybody. Oh, thanks, thanks. Molly. We didn't even talk about how much I excelled in college, and you just picked up on that. Yeah, I just assumed. I assumed, oh, how yeah. is everything? Great. Just great. Great? Yeah. 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 What have you been um, doing this weekend? It's just, just started. Um, what have I done? I've eaten two meals. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I found a teddy bear barrette that my daughter was missing. So a lot. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's very definitely. good. I've done nothing really. Well, How about you, Jeremiah? How's your weekend been? Been pretty good. Been pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone's comments, the people are going to think we live a very exciting life. I drove here. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's scary. And my gas light was on, but I... Went for it. That's nice. Do you yeah. have the thing where it tells you how many miles? Yeah. yeah. You got? But once it gets to 30, once it gets below 30, it, ju- it just gives you two, li- like a dash. Right. Like, I, I guess it's a liability issue where they don't want to be like, sure, go 25 miles and then it's. It, yeah. I've tested mine. It goes to zero and I still get 30 more miles past what? zero. Yeah. Wow. I, I did that experiment. <laughs> <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did it, and I had I had a like a half gallon of gas in my car, and huh. I wasn't far from the gas station. Oh, like a. But it ended at thirty miles. Yeah. So wow. now I know if I really oh, want to push it, once it hits yeah. zero, I still get thirty. You guys oh, should do it. Great. That great. makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably just going to drive around a lot when I leave. <laughs> <laughs> Add to your exciting weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Do some donuts in the street. Yeah. So. Um, you started doing sketch comedy in Chicago. Yes. Is that right? Yes. What was that like compared to LA? Um, well, different in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I had done, you know, a few sort of independent sketch groups and things like that. When I was in Chicago, there were, IO in Chicago had no kind of sketch program at all. And I don't know that they do now. Maybe they do. Um, so everything was just sort of self-taught. And then I took classes at Second City. Second City's method of sketch is improv into sketch. So you would rarely come in with like a typed up scene or anything like that. You would pitch an idea, improvise the idea, and then sort of re-improvise it and, and hone it that way. Um, and that's the way the, the stages generally work at Second City also. So it's a very different 
process. Sometimes better. Sometimes there are downsides to it. Um, I actually had to do the last sketch team I was on Millard Fillmore mm -hmm. a few months back. He, uh, our director would have us. He was a Iowa Chicago or a Second City Iowa Chicago guy, one of the two, yeah. and he would have us do the improv into sketch, which was a whole different kind of skill set. It's very different, and and that's kind of how I started doing sketch. So to me, and I was much more comfortable with that because I was a very and am a com very comfortable improvising, and wasn't didn't really see myself as being able to like write a succinct sketch. I didn't really know if I had that skill. So being able to improvise it, I was like, this is great. You end up with generally much longer sketches that kind of meander and and have little like tangential things that happen and whatever. So so that's very different. And I think also just times have changed. And with YouTube and, and everything like I think sketch comedy has become much more efficient and condensed. So I think that now as a sketch writer, it's rarely coming up from improv because it has to just be so... If, if I'm doing stuff for, for internet, that is, it has to be like so tight and there can't be any fluff or wasted stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a much more fine-tuned um, way of writing now. And they're totally different. Like they're different skill sets. Mm -hmm. One, you're with a whole group of people kind of collectively creating ideas. Most of the time when you're writing sketch, it's somewhat solitary. I mean, sometimes you'll have a writing buddy. I know with your group, you guys probably sit and write. But individual writing is way different yeah. than, you know creating ideas as a group yeah yeah definitely at second city a show uh, an idea would have been pitched by one person but generally the scene belonged to everyone who was in it and maybe even people who weren't in it might have have pitched some ideas and things like that so that process is we would come in with ideas uh we would improvise them in the the we would do a, a two-act show which was scripted like scripted out of improv and then in the set afterwards we do like a 40 minute set after the show where if we were in the process of writing a new show you would pitch an idea ahead of time like oh i want to do this scene about i won't be able to come up with anything for this example <laughs> um i want to do a scene about um a substitute science teacher who has to do a sex ed lecture and it's her son's class and so it's mortifying for him uh and and you know you might have some beats like this will happen this will happen this will happen but then you just improvise it and we would and this was back in the old days we'd videotape it yeah. and you'd take the tape home <laughs> and you'd watch it and see like what got a laugh um and then you'd sort of fine-tune and and redo it from there but it was much more collaborative almost like a yeah. stand-up set yeah. In a yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. When I first started doing sketch, it was through Second City. So I graduated through the conservatory mm -hmm. here in Hollywood. And one of the things our group learned, we were very good improvisers and we had a super great conservatory. He's also show. very humble. Um, <laughs> no, it, well, the, just... my story, I'm about to shit on ourselves. So. <laughs> so, okay, so, good, good. No, what I'm saying is we, we then had such a great show. We were like, oh, we can continue to do this. Let's just write our sketches out. And so. We got together and we br all brought sketches that we didn't improvise that we wrote down. And then we went and tested them and they were just bad. They didn't do well. And everyone was kind of like, what happened? And I go, well, it's completely <laughs> different. Like w you guys have never written sketches just by yourself. Right. We've always done stuff where you're right. You bring in an idea like you say and you improvise it, figure out what's funny. And you just do that over and over and over. Yeah. Um, and so we realized real quick if we wanted to continue on with the style that we were doing, we'd have to – 
improvise our sets mm -hmm. and do it kind of the way that we've been doing it for a year. Yeah, I think it's hard to make that transition. Yeah. Um, I, I feel much more comfortable now with the break womb and just the volume of stuff that we've done. I feel much more comfortable with my sketch writing skills. Uh, but at, but I, I didn't emerge from Second City being like, I'm great at writing sketches. Like the time of year that um, they were taking submissions for SNL or something, that was never like, well, I'll just pull from my vast uh, yeah. you know, folder of, of sketches that I've written. Because the truth was I had not sat down and written any sketches. Right. So I didn't have that. And the idea of coming up with something, like I just, I couldn't at the time. Mm. So so that's why I'm not on SNL, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, and one thing I think that's, because I, I work a little bit with the break room, like when you guys are, I, I watch you guys sort of uh, uh, rehearse, I guess that's what you'd call it, yeah. around my table or wherever we're, you're filming. And... It's interesting to watch you guys work. It's like with somebody, it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like somebody writes a sketch, yeah, brings it in, and then as you're doing a cold read, you start pitching jokes during the read. Is that? Yeah. And it, and yeah, so that's, that is how our, our process started much more like that Second City process of like, we have an idea, and then we realized it was going to take us four hours to shoot one sketch if we were improvising it. So yeah, we'll each just take an idea that we have and one person will write it. And it's funny because we'll send those out to each other at least the day before the shoot, hopefully a little bit earlier. So we've all read them, but it's not until we're sitting around sort of reading it together and figuring out the logistics of the performance that we realize, oh, there might be a funnier bit here or, oh, this isn't really, you know, adhering to the game or can we heighten this more or various sketch comedy terms that we throw out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, there's some like on the spot adjustments to it. Yeah. Do you do you find that with like dadging and stuff that when you guys are doing the re the, the, re the reading it out loud that that we're constantly changing stuff like that you're yeah. pitching like does that help for sure yeah i'm a uh that's my favorite part about having a sketch team is i love working i love having an idea and then when you when you s present it to the group and they have their own little twist on it that you you just would never think of it that way your brain is just wired differently and so you don't necessarily go that route and it's something that fits into your sketch well and is is funny and yeah i mean I, I i love that part of the process for sure and dad jeans does that all the time if you look at i guess it's with anyone if you look at your first draft of a sketch and then i mean for dad jeans we have a rehearsal once a week until our show so it goes through possibly four or five revisions mm -hmm. if you look at the first sketch from the fifth sketch mm -hmm. very different sketches and hopefully for the better at the end but yeah and that's all because your teammates are pitching jokes yeah. and stuff yeah. well i think what happens a lot is that like I'll get an idea in my head and it's very clear what my point is of the sketch, but it's so clear to me that I don't do a good job of making it clear in the scene. Like I yeah. have this assumption mm -hmm. of like, oh, everyone will get this. Mm -hmm. And it, it is, you have to have people who can, who are okay being like, I don't understand what, what yeah, this is. For sure. right. um, and then for you to be okay with that feedback and be like, okay, let's figure out how to make it better because i think you can get so comfortable and so stuck on an idea that you lose the part where you're sort of explaining what it is or you know or, or whatever that part of the process yeah and it's amazing to me how much a sketch can change just when i first started writing sketches for me i was like oh this is how it's gonna go 
uh, I'm, I'm sh- talking about video sketches at least because mm. when you go to shoot them, you're like, oh, this is great. This is super funny. And then you get on set to shoot them and you're like, you immediately figure out for whatever it, it is, as soon as you start shooting it, you realize, no, that's not going <laughs> to work at all. So I don't think I've ever shot anything where from paper to camera, it was the same. Yeah. Everything always gets changed just yeah. a little bit even. Yeah. Uh, and it's just so crazy that being at, you know, at the set or wherever you're at and you're shooting and being more collaborative and, you know, it, 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 it'll change stuff up. And it's usually for the better. You got to be able to be like malleable and like flow around things, yeah. I think. And I'm sure, you, like you said, you guys do Yeah. That. Well, and I think that's where, you know, having improv training or being an improviser helps with sketch is even if you're not improvising the material – you're making adjustments on the fly or you're able to, if you're doing something, being like, I'm going to give some alts for that line or whatever, mm-hmm. and just coming up with things that are often a lot funnier because they're spontaneous or because you've been working on that sketch for longer, like you're in the world of it more. And so you realize like, oh, this will be a funnier way to approach mm-hmm. that or whatever. I also noticed that with sketch, it helped me become a better improviser hmm. because you become, at least for me, I would... <laughs> I always had a tough time with pacing in improv. That was yeah. when I was that was always kind of the tougher part for me. Now because I'm working so much on kind of pacing and beats and game moves and all that stuff inside of the sketch that in an improv scene I'll find myself being like, well, this would be you need another game move here or you need another like I don't yeah. know, I just my brain works that way better now during an improv scene because of yeah. sketch, I think. I think uh, it can add focus to a scene or like some drive to it. Mm-hmm. A tweety. Yeah. Uh, you're not supposed to think when you do improv. Yeah, come on. So, oh, all I do is think. That's all I do. <laughs> That's all I do. Like, there's so many times when I go out in an improv scene and somebody says something like, no, 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 not that. <laughs> you just have a series of index cards yeah. in your pocket yeah. to pull out. Yeah. Like, Tweety directs improv scenes yeah. pretty well. <laughs> it's weird. Most of his uh, improv auditions don't go well and he doesn't know why. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't say that. I, I set you up to say poop and you didn't. They're like, you always set me up you to say poop. You ruined the scene. Yeah. <laughs> Um, mark that dumb sound I just made. No, keep. <laughs> no, keep that in. So this is. I've asked this every episode. I'm going to continue to ask this every episode. How do you generate ideas for sketch? And I think it's interesting with the break wound because you guys are doing at least one a week on the same. Let's call it premise. I don't know. You would, yeah, what that would the, be the same general. The same general topic of motherhood. Yeah. Yeah. Well. It's interesting because I think having, I think one of my biggest, I don't want to say problems, but challenges as a sketch writer before is like, what am I going to write about? And it's like, if I sat down and said, I need to write a sketch, what shall it be? I cannot do it. It has to be something that, you know, watching TV or something like that, or having an experience at the grocery store or something that makes me think, oh, I want to write a sketch about this. So for the break womb, it's all mom comedy, and I find that really helpful because I have daily experience being a mom, and there is something every day that I think of as, oh, this is an experience that I could turn into a sketch. So it's an it, it works really well and is easy in that way. I mean, we have a, a Word document that's like 27 pages long <laughs> that's just things that we've sent in emails of like, you know, we should do something sometime about this. Um and just, you know, maybe a few lines of sample dialogue. But it's just an ongoing thing because we, we feel like there's so much um, material. So in this instance, I don't think the challenge is what 
we want to do a sketch about, but how do we translate the topic into the sketch and how do we do it in a way that isn't the same that we've done over and over again? Um, so I think to me, the, the process, and I think this is generally how I now approach sketch writing is what's the thing? Like, what is the point I'm trying to make? Let's figure that out first and like really define it and then sort of walk backwards and say, what's a funny way to approach that? Yeah. So how do you, let's say you, you, you have an idea, you generate, let's say, Jeremiah's your baby, and Jeremiah, Hello. Uh, he poops, all, he just poops all over the place. Oh, no. And you're like, oh, this is a great idea. Mm-hmm. How do you then... It's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> How do you pitch? You just you just got done saying you couldn't come up with an example off the fly, which was actually really good. Tweety, <laughs> Tweety just came up with an example that was terrible that I'm sure he thinks is amazing. What do you mean? That was a great idea. A baby that poops all over themselves? That's, that's great. That's killer. Classic mom stuff. Yep. <laughs> Maybe maybe there's maybe it's peeing. Are you, you a mom? And you get peeing <laughs> pee, uh, you get pee in your eyes. Pee in happen? your eye? Sure, yeah, See? all the time. Yep. So how do you <laughs> how do you pitch? So you go to you go to Laurel and Megan. Mm-hmm. How do you pitch? You Baby don't necessarily poop. have to do the poop idea, yeah. but how do you what's your how do you pitch that idea then? Okay, so I think um, oh my kid just pooped on me. How terrible. Um, especially because she's at an age where this shouldn't be happening anymore. <laughs> so then I think well. What and and the, there's two parts to this. One is the fact that as the break womb, we shoot everything as simply as possible. You know, we try to shoot three or four things in four hours, so that that's part of the consideration as well. But initially, what I would think is, okay, what is it about baby poop? Well, could it? Ha- what's the worst time that that could happen to me? Um, mm. So so like immediately thinking, well, how can I heighten this idea of baby poop, or how can I turn it around or something like that. You know, we have a series of, of, of sketches of videos that are if moms blanked like their kids, ate like their kids, talked to each other like their kids, whatever. So we would never do this, but it was like, what if moms <laughs> pooped on things like their kids? You know, like, <laughs> but, but that would be in sort of the list of, of brainstorms of that topic. There's also something in our in the mom world where sometimes just talking about something is where where the the game of our sketches is of like sort of heightening each other just we're sitting around at a table talking about something. So it might be Molly, Megan and Laurel are sitting around the table uh, and I start with like, oh, terrible news. My kid pooped on me today. And then someone will heighten that with, uh, well, you know what? My kid pooped on me. And then when I went to clean it up, I pooped on myself. I'm coming up with terrible examples, but of just finding a way. I don't know, made me laugh out loud. (laughs) We'll do that one at our next shoot. Uh, But finding a way to like heighten the idea so that it's not just the poop or the poop isn't the out of the sketch. It's what sparks the idea. So is, are we heightening it? Uh, Are we competing with each other about who has the worst poop story? Um, are we commiserating with each other? Are we finding, uh, you know, a, a top 10 list of things that are worse than your kid pooping on you? And we go through that. Um, so those are, that's my brainstorming session based off of Jeremiah pooping. Okay, <laughs> great. But that goes to, like, that kind of makes me think of when you talked about the location or like where you would put it, like the worst place that it could happen. It's, yeah. it's kind of like that. If you write a crazy character, you put them in a, like, 
a very normal scene and it makes him more crazy. Right. Or you take a kind of normal scene, which would be a baby pooping, babies poop yep. all the time, yep. and then put that in a very weird society or a very weird or place. What or... if baby poop was celebrated? You know, what right. if baby poop became our currency and 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 moms were the wealthiest people on the planet because they're constantly have to poop somewhere on them probably. Yeah. You know, so like cha- changing the concept a little bit. For there. sure. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Yeah. I think she you took guys, your... we have a screenplay. I think so, too. I think so, too. Forget a sketch. There's no bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's all workable. you have any questions, mm-hmm. Jeremiah? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, you've known Tweety for a while now, right? Mm-hmm. Probably. A couple of years. A few yeah. years. Yeah. A few years, yeah. I mm-hmm. haven't, I don't know very much about you. So I'm always, I always ask people where they kind of mm-hmm. came from or what led them into mm-hmm. comedy. That's, I'm always interested in seeing people's uh, beginnings and where they started and why they chose to want to be in this field (laughs) um i i grew up doing theater just in school um and always gravitated towards comedy um i think starting in like like even when i was little like eight nine ten i would do impersonations of like my mom's friends and things like that and then uh my (laughs) one of my friends and i would make we would make cassette tapes where like we would be at her house and one of us would leave she would leave the room and then I would record like some kind of basically like an audio sketch of some sort which was often just me ripping off something from SNL at the time or something like that and then she would come back in and we'd listen to it and then I'd leave the room and then she'd record something and whatever so that was sort of my that was when I was like 10 or 11 those were my first sketch writing days they're not good I'll tell you that right now um and, uh, we'll be the judge of that. Okay, Pull those right. bad boys we out. We have yeah. all of those tapes. <laughs> uh, and then I went to in in high school. I started doing improv, uh, and then when I went to college, I, I have a theater degree. I did a lot of improv in college. I didn't do any sketch in college. There was a sketch group, and I didn't I didn't do that. It's funny. No one was in both the improv and the sketch group. That it's like they I don't know they were at odds with each other but you were in both no I wasn't I didn't do any sketch in uh in in college at Tuft yeah at Tufts 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 Tufts. spell it Tufts T-U-F-T-S Tufts T-U-F-T-S is that your fight song Uh uh-huh and then it's like hurrah hurrah for the dear old brown and blue because our colors were brown and blue what a horrible who chose those legend has it that an outgoing class was given the opportunity to choose the colors for the school and they were like well we're leaving we're going to give you the worst because it's not even brown it's brown and like light blue <laughs> that sounds like someone made that story it, does. it definitely yeah. sounds Just like an because, urban legend yeah like, there was they a, were like i decided that oh you guys don't like it there's this house in my hometown that is painted bright blue with bright yellow trim and it's mm. like the two ugliest colors you can think of together and the story of that house is that the man and the woman, like the man caught, or the man and the woman got a divorce. Like, I don't remember exactly, but they got a divorce. Yeah. And whoever got the house, the other one paint, had, like, painted it before they got it and chose those two colors yeah. to, like, screw them. That's very weird because right down my street in Florida, there was a couple that got divorced. And the same story was told around town that it was painted this disgusting yellow. It was yellow, but it was blue, like trim around the windows. And the same story was, I swear to God. I wonder if it's, (laughs) 
I wonder if that's just what people say. say. Yeah, that's but just why. What... But that's too because it makes sense. It's, it's, it's logical. Colors. Yeah, but the same. Yeah, the same colors is very freaky. Yeah, but... it's almost like charger colors, but like brighter yeah. blue. The thing that it's I a didn't very sportsy. Combo. Yeah, the thing I didn't or get the Rams, about it though. The LA Rams. I was like, there's no. So once you get the house, then just paint it the color you right. want. But that house stayed that color. For, for years, years. Yeah. So, you know, after the divorce, you might not have the money to the throw financial, around on yeah, painting. You're just I mean, like, that can't be cheap. I get it. Yeah, that's you know? true. I get it. I don't know. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, where were we? <laughs> oh, oh, so I think my junior year or, or beginning of my senior year of college, I had my eyes on moving to Chicago. I think um, I I found out about Second City. I'd always known about it, but I sort of had a concrete idea of it, and I was like, oh. A lot of people from SNL started at Second City. I'm going to go do that. Uh, so right after college, I moved to Chicago. And uh, I actually started at I.O. before taking classes at Second City. Um, because when I went to visit Chicago spring of my senior year, I stayed with a friend of mine from high school who had been living there for about six months. And we went to see a Second City show. And we're in the lobby, and the headshots are up on the wall, and one of them is Rachel Dratch. And my friend was like, Rachel Dratch? And it turns out that her, my friend's grandmother, when my friend was moving to Chicago, was like, my friend has a daughter in Chicago. Call her. She's an actress. You know, that type of thing. And it turns out it was Rachel Dratch. Uh, So the next morning, which this is terrible. So Second City is an equity theater and Monday is their day off. We went to see the show on a Sunday night. So Monday morning at like nine, (laughs) my friend calls Rachel Dratch um, and was like, talk to my friend. She wants to do Second City. So Rachel Dratch very nicely talked to me the morning of her day off. And she actually said, suggested, well, maybe start at IO and do improv first. Um, So I did. Uh, and eventually at Second City, eventually started touring, uh, was in the touring company of Second City. I did the first cruise ship that Second City ever did. Oh, nice. Uh, and then I um, was hired to the main stage, and I did three shows there. Cool. Yeah. Are you from Chicago? Me? No, I'm from Dallas. Oh, that's right. I'm from I Dallas. I, I went to college in Boston, and then I went out okay. to Chicago from there. Uh, yeah. Was there beef between the improv and sketch teams, like a <laughs> like a in school gang? <laughs> no, I I don't know. It's very strange to me now that there was no intersection there. But although yeah. I think that those were both kind of time consuming activities, and it would have been hard to do both. Hmm. Um, no, there was no there was, but like we never even collaborated. Like we never did a show together. Like right now, that seems. Did Very the sentence com- yeah. ever come out of your <laughs> mouth or anybody in your team's mouth like, we better make sure we get more people in our audience than that sketch team? No, no, but I do remember <laughs> this This start to finish is amazing uh, details in the story. We are uniform for our improv group. <laughs> I know, we're, that's always the sign of a... <laughs> uh, salmon pink bowling shirts <laughs> with our name embroidered on them. And the... Um, <clears throat> logo of the improv group which was called cheap socks sox uh, on the back (laughs) and so every year when we would have auditions and new people would get in we'd have to order their shirts because we had to get them embroidered of course um and we had a show before the new batch of shirts came in so we were trying to decide (laughs) 
this was a big problem in college and now does not seem like a problem. Um, we were trying to decide what to wear for the show since we wouldn't all have the shirts. And I think I suggested, I was like a freshman or sophomore, I suggested, well, why don't we all just wear like a different colored t-shirt? And the guy who was directing the troupe at the time shot me down so hard because that's what the sketch group does. And the sketch group's called Side Effects. And he goes, that sounds like a pretty side effects thing to do. (laughs) That's so funny. College is tough. I think the craziest thing is... You guys had uniforms <laughs> for improv, and they were bowling shirts. I know. Like, but that, but but you know what the funny thing is is like there's two parts of that. One, <laughs> anytime you see an improv team with matching shirts, it's like not a good sign. <laughs> but then it totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like why it does? Wouldn't I mean, a co- especially in college, yeah. for sure. Oh, and it was. I still have my salmon bowling shirt. Um, and there was a, a festival, an improv festival we would go to every year at Skidmore, um, in New York, in Saratoga Springs. So this, I went to a small liberal arts college. So this was a collection of small liberal arts colleges. But um, peop- I would then run into people like when I moved to Chicago, who'd gone to other schools, who went to this festival, and they remember the bowling shirts. They're like, ah, cheap socks and those bowling shirts. So it was know. smart. I will say this: side effects is a much better name than cheap socks. I didn't make the name. Okay, I kind of like cheap socks. Do you? I really? can tell you, the red socks. Well, white it was socks, in Boston. The cheap yeah. socks. Oh, it's in Boston. Yeah. I thought you guys were doing like a making fun of like the poor people that like the white socks thing of Chicago. No, I think it was a play off a little bit off of cheap sex. <laughs> oh. But also, um, uh, yeah, the Red Sox because we were in Boston. I have yet to find cheap sex, guys. Well, <laughs> put yourself in a salmon colored bowling shirt, <laughs> Tweety. You got a lot of life left. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. got a lot of time to Come go find on. cheap sex. <laughs> um, where are we at? Should we should we jump into the sketch? Yeah, yeah. Let's jump into the sketch. Okay. Let's do a little read of a sketch that I wrote. Yeah. Yeah, that Jeremy wrote. Did you have you I, read it? Yeah, I've read it. And you, so you ha- you know it really well. Oh yeah. You, did you want me to do a one person interpretation of <laughs> yeah, the whole thing? Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, <laughs> so um, I guess uh, we'll 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 drop in the sketch right here. Yeah. <laughs> Never gets old to me. <laughs> The After Afterlife by Jeremiah Burton. Exterior heaven lights up. A group of heaven inductees are following a tour guide who is showing them the grounds. Our next stop in heaven is one of my favorites, the Relaxation Gardens. A great place to lie down and reflect. It's very peaceful and... Uh, excuse me, Miss Tour Guide Lady? Uh, is there any place around here that rents blankets or towels... I'm allergic to grass. Well, actually, sir, all of your physical ailments are healed once you enter heaven. Oh, wow. Hey, the crowd oozes and odds with cheers of excitement. So, no towels? Because I actually just fibbed a little. I just don't like the feel of grass. Beat. I'm sorry. No towels. They continue on with the tour. If you look from this here spot, you can actually see the pearly gates to which Excuse all of you Excuse me, Miss Tour Guide Lady? You can call me Krista. All right, Miss Krista, why don't they call, why are they called pearly, all right, Miss Krista, why are they called pearly gates? Aren't they made of gold? Well, in Revelations twenty one twenty one, it was written that 
Each of the 12 gates were made from a single pearl, turning from pearl to form the gold gates, which actually leads nicely into letting everyone know we hold group prayer right here every day at 8 a.m. Uh, excuse me, Miss uh, Krista Tour Guide Lady? Yes? Yeah, uh, you said we have prayer every morning here at 8 a.m.? Yes, that's correct. Okay, well, um, who are we praying to? Excuse me? Well, I was just thinking, I did a bunch of praying on earth to get here, and so I kind of figured, I don't need to pray anymore, you know, because I'm already in heaven. Well, we pray to give thanks to God for allowing us to enter his kingdom. Oh, I got it. We got to pray in heaven to get into super heaven. I'm not sure how you got to that conclusion. Well, I'm thinking we made it in heaven to pray by praying on earth. Now, well, I'm thinking we made it to heaven by praying on earth. Now, there's no reason to keep praying in heaven unless there's a super heaven. Well, I can assure you there's no such thing as super heaven. An atheist once told me on earth that there is no such thing as heaven. <laughs> Look where I'm at now. The crowd begins to murmur. Gosh. But that wouldn't make any sense. This is it. This is eternity. Uh, hold on now. <laughs> uh, he's got a point. If everyone would please just hold off on the questions until... I'm just saying, why don't we hear this guy out? Douglas drops to his knees and begins to pray. Dear Super Heaven God, we thank you for allowing us to be in heaven. The crowd drops to their knees and joins in the prayer. We thank regular God for letting us in here. We ask that you forgive us of our heavenly sins and help us lead a life great enough for a super heaven. Amen. Amen. What is going on? Not Now, everyone, I was thinking, this place is nice and all, but think of how nice super heaven will be. Super heaven is not a thing. So let's pass around a collection plate and I'll take whatever you can and we can build a church right here and pray super God. You should have no valuables on you. Money is useless in heaven. People in the crowd begin to take off their jewelry and put it in Douglas's hat. Douglas begins to sing. Oh, Lord, my super God, when I am in awesome wonder, consider all the worlds thy super hands have made. The crowd begins to join in. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy superpower throughout the universe display. Who's in Oz? Nods of agreement come from the crowd. Stop it. Stop it right this second. There is no such thing as super God or super heaven or super hands. This is heaven. The heaven. The only heaven. Thunder and lightning crash. The lights flash. God enters. My children, this is your Lord and Savior, God. Aha! Uh -huh. You see that? You see what you've done? You're in trouble now, guys. Thunder and lightning crash. Lights flash. My children, this is your Lord's Lord and Savior, Super God. You have shown great courage while in regular heaven for this. I welcome you into Super Heaven. God bows down and begins to pray to Super God. How could no one have told me? I never knew. I'm sorry, Super God. I never knew. 
Come with me, my children. Super heaven awaits you. The crowd begins to follow God. Douglas raises his hand. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Super God, I have a question. Yes, my son? Do we have to pray in super heaven? Because I was thinking, what if there's a super duper heaven? I mean, how long do you think I can make this bit last? I won't lie. There's a super duper heaven. <gasps> but super heaven allows porn. <sighs> but it's porn with a lot of story. <gasps> But the stories are really good and believable. <sighs> but it's the same two actors every time. <gasps> but it's Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. <sighs> but you don't see them naked and they just talk about adopting more kids. <gasps> this is a terrible porno. Brown out? <laughs> <laughs> And we're back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we get to hear the song again? No, we didn't. Yeah, That's the thing. We don't even song. hear the song yeah, on this man. transition, but it's we just, just like to go. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, if you do it enough, uh, eventually people will be like, that's great. And then we'll see him on the street. And they'll be like, you guys do the podcast. With the blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay. That's what we'll be known as. Yeah. <laughs> if we can be so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Dare to dream. Dare yeah. to dream. Um, am I supposed to start talking about this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so be, uh, no one's ever been really rough with any of our sketches. Oh. We always tell them like, hey, really give it to us. So really, whatever bad stuff. I can already tell you the first line is always the same. This sketch was very funny. <laughs> it's always the same. It's always the same. I don't want to hear my my sketch is funny because the okay. the whole purpose of it. I'm I'm just say whatever you want. This is terrible. Yeah, yeah. this is terrible. And then if it's terrible, tell us it's terrible. Yeah. The funny thing is, is we've been in enough sketch classes, and I've done enough sketches in in classes where. I think maybe twice at UCB, they've been like, this is a pretty good sketch. Every yeah. other time, it's never started with anything positive. Yeah. And then we get, maybe it's just because we're getting such nice people in, Tweed. What do you think? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, so far, we haven't had any jerks. But anyway, so yeah, just whatever okay. thoughts okay. you have, because right. it'll, it'll help us in the long run. And hopefully, it'll help people who are listening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so here, so going back to how I was talking about how I sort of come up or how I start writing is like, what's the idea and how do I want... Wait, sorry. Let me start over. This is very funny. <laughs> um, but thinking about uh, what's the idea here. So from my in-depth analysis, the idea here is not only super heaven, but the fact that like what's funny to me about this is that this guy makes this connection of, oh, well, there were people on earth telling me there was no such thing as God or no such thing as heaven. So even though I'm in heaven, it stands to reason that even though they're telling me there's no such thing as super heaven, there probably is. Like, why wouldn't there be? Yeah. So that's 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 the bit, right. um, which I think is, is very funny and satirical. Um, I think it takes a while to get to that. For sure. And yeah. And this has been, like, this is what's interesting is that I feel like two or three years ago, I would have had no, that wouldn't have occurred to me. And I think nowadays and whether it's, um, I directed a sketch team at IO for a little while and I always felt like we were trying to cram, you know, 15 sketches into a short amount of time. And then also doing um, sketches for, for the internet is like, you have to grab people earlier. So I think that's really where my mind is. I think there's perfectly great sketches that don't do that. But I think even if it doesn't do that, there has to be a laugh 
really early. For sure. Like a hard laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that was my main critique of this is like reading it at first. I didn't know where it was going. Like at first I was like, is this just going to be a thing about like this guy's allergies and how now he can sit in the grass or, or is this a, you know, it seemed like it was something about this guy and it is kind of, but I think more than that, it's this, this idea of like people can still lie to you or or not be right about things in heaven and this idea of super heaven. So to me, right. the the strength of this sketch lies in the middle. Um, it's probably around page two, maybe yeah. even, yeah, like middle of page two, right? I like, well, I was just thinking I did a bunch of prank yes, on her. Yes. Like, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the game right there, and it's a page and a half in. So right. I get what you're saying, yeah. And I, and I, I think that given that that's that this guy who is it Douglas comes mm-hmm. up with this sort of idea it seems like when i when i was thinking about this i was like well a tweak i might make is that it's his idea to to pray rather than the tour guide you know if the tour guide's like why would you need to pray anymore you're in heaven and be like no 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 people said the same thing to me back on earth mm. um so that it's it's his idea to sort of you know hedge his bets and make sure he, he's like, well, what I did on Earth got me here. I'm going to keep up that same thing in hopes of getting to to super heaven. That's a good point. Um, didn't think of that. Yeah, I didn't think of that either. That's very good. So that was my that was my main thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I like uh, where was it that Super God shows up. I really like um, the vo- I really like the voice of Super God in the yeah. sketch. Oh God, <laughs> we just recorded this and Tweety did Super God's voice. Oh, so. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, but I did like it too. Thank you. Thanks, bud. <laughs> and then, and then I was I I don't know if in light of sort of re- reframing this a little bit of where that this the out of this to me has a sort of um, <laughs> and. A, a sort of it, it it gets very tangential getting into this porn. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the funny thing about that porn part is I just love. I could really picture the crowd being like, "Ah, ah, ah, like going back and forth on getting excited. But it veers so much that it almost had a sort of Mr. Show feeling of like the next sketch of like that becomes the next sketch or something. So yeah. that would be the other thing I would think about is if it's sort of reframed so that. Douglas is the guy who's really got it figured out. You know, is is there an out to this that is another level of that or does is with does he have an exchange with super god that's similar of like cuz there is a super duper super duper heaven super yeah. duper heaven. Yeah, some I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it seems like that might lead you somewhere else for the the out of this. For sure. Yeah, the out I always, I've noticed lately, I don't know if it's been my most recent sketches, but I just got in this mode to where I kind of like, I just, I kind of come out of left field with some of this. Like it (laughs) doesn't fit the sketch. Buttons are the hardest part, I feel. It's so hard for me. And I just, I don't know, when I wrote it, I just laughed and I thought, this is a fun way to end it. It is. I mean, it It doesn't make sense, I guess, so much. It doesn't follow any of the beats of the (laughs) sketch. That's actually an interesting thing that I've been thinking about lately, too. Sometimes, what's, so what's more important, in your opinion, and I think that this can relate back to the sketch, is funny or fun 
like is the correct button mm-hmm. a better choice always than fun no not i don't think so i i and and that's that's the thing with this is like I do think this is a funny way to go, it, but I think it's a really good question because I think it, you can get really obsessed with like well what's the right how, what's the ultimate heightening of this right or, what's the answer what's the answer yeah. or what's the but but there's also you know I, some of my favorite outs are the ones where it just gets kind of absurd and you would normally have like a slow fade on it or something yeah. like that um, so I I think. I think I, I, I am, it is not in my wheelhouse, but I have loved working with writers who have a more absurd or just off kilter take on things because I, I get bogged down in the logic sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it can be more fun to let that go and have it as long as it doesn't feel totally unresolved, right? you know, of like, but wait, what, huh? Um, then, then I think, yeah, I think funny trumps most things, right? Yeah, I agree. I yeah. think the point of a comedian is to make people laugh. So right. if you do that, if you can do that and be smart and like it be like this one collective piece that makes full circle, then you're a genius. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you can and it yeah. still makes people laugh and it comes in a different way, then, you know, you've done your job, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Because I think it's also important to look at, you know, why are you doing this? And is it for a an audience of sketch aficionados who are going to be like great out on that scene great out really liked that or are you trying to make people laugh you mm-hmm. know and and like i say as long as it's it doesn't if you if you can earn you know something that's funny that isn't that kind of veers off then i think why not you know the downfall yeah. of comedy in la sometimes is that you are doing so much comedy for other comedian yeah. aficionados or whatever yeah when so it does make it almost co- more complicated than sometimes because that their sensibilities are often very different than the average dude that or average dudette that are just yeah. coming to watch a comedy show. Yeah, yeah. definitely. You know? Definitely. Yeah. But it's it it can be really because you, you start to think, oh, there's a formula to things. Um, but it's but it's interesting because even the point about getting into what's funny and or the point of the scene earlier, you know, I, I, I enjoy seeing those first moments of scenes where it's like, I don't know what this is yet. I don't know. But, but I almost feel like there's no space for it anymore. Yeah. You know, especially on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, did you guys see that, uh, David S. Pumpkins SNL sketch? No, I keep, people keep posting all over Facebook. So I refuse to watch it because I'm a jerk. (laughs) So I, I saw it like two days later. And I already knew that Tom Hanks is someone named David S. Pumpkins. And, like, there's some kind of little ditty that he does. So I go to watch it. And the premise is that two people are going on, like, the like a Tower of Terror type of thing. But each door opens and it's something scary. And they're, they're in it. And, like, the first door opens and it's, you know, a mummy. And the first door opens and the next door opens and it's a zombie. And you know it's leading up. I know because I had heard about it. Like, right. I know it's leading up to David S. Pumpkins. And I was very impatient. I was like, none of this is funny right now. And I can, I can forgive the lead up. Like, sometimes you need that. You need, like, two normal things and then the third thing. But I feel like you have to have something funny or, or whatever yeah. in there. So that you're other, otherwise it's like a minute or 90 seconds of just kind of like waiting to find out 
why you're watching this. You know what's interesting about this is I've never written a six-page sketch ever. <laughs> like, I usually get it done in four. Mm -hmm. And so I, I wrote this sketch for a class that I, uh, a teacher teach who was a uh, uh, writer for Mad TV and he just actually got brought back on as a writer and executive producer for Mad TV and um, he was like yeah I don't mind I like six pages is probably good so in his mind six pages is like the the, the set yeah. you know so when I had first done when I first wrote this sketch and this is actually the second revision that line that we had talked about was middle of the page was like the third line in the oh, sketch yeah and so I would he had given me like yeah just you know give you some give you some time to build up to it you know like have this tour guide have them interrupt them on different things until you get to that third beat and give you some space so in his mind it was you know and, and the only reason i bring this up is because it shows you how different people have different ideas yeah. on how you should structure a sketch or how much time mm -hmm. you need but i to me when i wrote i was like man six i'm gonna bring this in he's gonna be like this is way too long you right because right. i'm adding stuff that i don't you know that you might get one or two laughs in that minute and a half but you don't get to what quote the game is or what the whole point of why i wrote this sketch until a minute and a half in right you know it's so late you know what's interesting about that is that so if if we go back to think that douglas is thinking he's the smartest guy in heaven because he's like, I'm just going to keep doing what I did and people tell me it's not true, I don't care. Can can that still, his thing about praying can still come when it comes, but could the things that sort of lead up to it be the buildup to that character? So it's, oh, I'm sorry, I'm <clears throat> getting very distant here. Um, could it, he be calling the tour guide out on other things that give us the sense of like, I know what I'm doing or I'm the smartest guy here or whatever, like other things that start introducing us. I think that's the difference. I think you can have that sort of the preamble stuff, but it has to at least start introducing us to the character or, or the, the general concept or, or something like, like creating that along the world. The way. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That I, makes I guess I thought actually. that I, I guess I thought when I did that, I was doing that. I guess it's not that well well executed but it was like he's asking questions he's an interrupter he's interrupting but he's not mm -hmm. so f philosophical in the early questions minus the gold the pearly gates the gold thing right like that's somewhat of a like hold on if they're gold gates why are they called pearly gates right right like he's questioning that everything. makes yeah that one the yep. grass one the is, grass the <laughs> grass one with i thought that initially i thought that was the game and then later on, I was like, oh, this is the game. But yeah, then I right. also had been – it was so much time had passed. I forgot about the first game by the time the second one hit. Around. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah so I then, thought this was going to be about how his ailments <laughs> yeah. no longer exist so he can do all this stuff, yeah. you know, like his herpes is cleared up. Which is also <laughs> which is also funny in the sense like well, – I, I actually thought what the game was going to be was like – because it's like those people that say they have a gluten allergy, but they don't. So in heaven, you can't have a right. gluten allergy, but you still have a gluten allergy. Right. Like, that's what I thought the, the game was going to be. I set you up to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I, I, but I, I also think, I mean, it is, like I say, it, it so much is just from my perspective of where I'm coming from now, of like the YouTube world or videos on Facebook where I really feel like we lose our audience if they don't immediately know why yep. they're watching it. For so, sure. So yeah. there are definite circumstances where setting up the world and giving us a taste of this guy that isn't right on the game is great. 
Um, I think it's it, it's interesting because now we're in a world of sketch writing where it totally varies depending on what you're doing it for. For sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, internet's, internet sort of changes everything too. Yeah. Like I've done – because I wrote a sketch for stage, um, the sexy detective sketch where you rigged up blood shooting out of my butt. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've heard, I've heard legend of it. Oh, it's so great. Uh, <laughs> And I feel like it did really well on the stage, mm-hmm. but then we basically took that same script with a few minor adjustments and tried to do it for internet, and it just didn't hit yeah. the same. Yeah. We're doing the opposite, because we, um, we've been working on live versions of some of our sketches, if we oh, were going to do live shows. And it it's an easier translation, but the pace changes a lot. And, and, and directly speaking to this, sometimes I feel like we launch into things too quickly and we have to have some sort of setup for it a little bit more um when we do it on stage or we have to have moments of 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 like a not a lull but like i don't know some some moments where it's not quite driving quite so fast yeah so i think there is a huge difference just a live versus um video component that changes a lot yeah the pacing changes yeah yeah completely it's almost like with a live audience they're I don't know if the expectations are different because when you watch videos, I think people are like, oh, let's get to it. Like, let's just get to it. Like, I want to get to the fun. I want to start laughing immediately. I don't need, I'm not, I'm going to be impatient. But if you go to, if you buy a ticket to a sketch show and you show up early to get in line and you get in the seat and you're like, all right, like you're already being patient. Yeah. This is like a night of theater. Yeah, this is a night right, of theater. Right. You like get, you get all dressed up. Right. You, you buy ha- eighty dollars tickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you have this expectation of like, okay, we'll we'll give him a couple minutes mm-hmm. to maybe work. I wish there. you guys could have just seen Jeremiah about spit his gum all over, <laughs> all over Tweety's microphone, just like baby poop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know it's. And then I was even thinking when I saw the David S. Pumpkins video, it was on my phone after 48 hours straight of people telling me I should watch this video. I think watching a video, like one video, like I'm going to YouTube or I'm going to watch this this video on my phone, that's a much more urgent feeling of like, come on, come on, come on, than if I were sitting down watching SNL that night. Like I think I would have been more patient then as well. So even the way – like. If you're like, I'm going onto my computer, onto my phone, just to watch this one sketch, I think your patience is shorter than if you're like, I'm hang- I'm going to a sketch show, or I'm sitting in front of my TV watching an hour and a half show, and this is four minutes of it. Right. Um, so the context really changes everything. For sure. So forget everything I said. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to do this in front of a live uh, audience. So uh, thank you for your suggestions. I will take none of them. <laughs> That's uh, uh, it's so in- like, but it's, it's so it, intro. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go, go, go. I was say, it's, I've never thought about the urgency of the phone, mm-hmm. but it's true. I'm so much like just, I mean, just trying to find the, the it, really we were going to play the theme song for you. The annoyance of like, do you have it on your, oh, God damn it. And then I got to find it. Like that energy yeah. bleeds over into your viewing. Plus, watching an internet video in my room has taught me to not laugh out loud. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'll just watch a video and be super entertained, and it'll right. be just silence. Yeah. And I'm the worst. Like, they used to make fun of me in dad jeans because I would sit in the front row of a sketch show <laughs> and just not laugh. <laughs> Yeah. And just be a blank. But I mean, I'm entertained. I'm right. having a good time. I think the sketches are funny. Yeah. But. 
I'm not a laugher, and I think I think it's the internet's fault. Well, I think I mean I think generally people like if you were doing an experiment in a vacuum or whatever, I guess that wouldn't work because you wouldn't hear laughter. But I think people are going to laugh more at something live than when there's other it. people. When there's other people it feeds around, the energy. And, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I mean, there's so many factors. I'm going to start gurgling. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I just heard. I'm going to start gurgling. <laughs> Factors, including health-related issues. Oh, God. Yeah, so Tweety's been desensitized to comedy yeah. through the internet as well. But I can't stop laughing in the middle of an improv scene. It's the only yeah. time in my life I laugh is when I shouldn't be laughing in the middle of an improv scene. Probably because it's organic and you don't think you're going to laugh and then you do like it surprises you yeah do you laugh at what you say or at what your scene partner says both (laughs) he thinks he's so funny well usually it's because i say something that the things that accidentally pop out of my mouth make people behind me go jesus and then that makes me laugh like their reaction to what i said is what i'm laughing at but it makes it seem like i'm laughing at my own thing but it's really me laughing at them being Mad amazed at me, that, amazed at how dumb that, I am. That shit like that comes out of your face. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for sure. reading and taking the time. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna tape this one too. I don't know if you. Are this you is really gonna... just a long con for us to get free notes for all oh, of our sketches. Cool. No, <laughs> yeah. totally cool. Yeah. That's forty dollars. Yeah. Uh, you know, I. Oh, one other thing is that. Uh, you were saying something I think earlier about how like when you do a tag run in a sh- like everything ends up in heaven or yeah. Like, and when I first started reading this, I was thinking about that and, like, I was I, – I think this is a good heaven scene. Like, I think there are a lot of heaven scenes that are, like, it turns out God is the janitor and, like, <laughs> fixes the toilet. You know, like, I don't know. I, I'm, like, I'm beyond the point of wanting to see scenes where it's, like, turns out Jesus and God don't get along very well. You know, that type of thing. Yeah. So. Th- I, it was unexpected where it went with the like super heaven and super duper heaven and stuff. And I thought that was cool. Cool. Yeah. That does a rare occasion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that good. Yeah. Um, great. So let's, let's move on to the break wound sketch that you brought in. Oh yeah. We had a long debate about whether or not we were going to play the Mr. Show sketch. Yeah. The, SNL sketch was it an SNL? Yep. Or a break room sketch. Yep. And then we chose break room. Yeah. Mainly for self promotion. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the I believe the <laughs> smart way to do it. You know, listen, you got to get it where you can. Right. You guys have millions of listeners, right? Yeah, so yeah. many. Cool. So many. My mom and my dad. Yeah. Well, oh, you have those two? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if I could get my mom to listen to this, this would be a, a personal could, victory. If uh, I could get my dad to figure out how to download a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know how many times I've tried to explain to my dad how to download? I do another Husker football podcast. I've heard of Nebraska. it. I'm familiar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your husband's on it. That's right. <laughs> uh, if I had to – if I've, I've had – I mean so many times that I tried to explain to my dad how to download a podcast on his phone so he could listen to it. Yeah. And then he just doesn't figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yep. I told him I stopped doing it just to make it. <laughs> I was like, I don't do it anymore, Dad. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. 
Um, Can't you just send him a text and then he just opens the link of the text and it goes That's right a whole other it. bag of worms, though. And I got to teach him how to. Bag of worms. Text. Yeah. I keep all my you worms. You get your worms by the bag? <laughs> yeah, I keep yeah. my worms oh, in the bag. That's cool. <laughs> Is it a can of worms? <laughs> but wait, who puts their worms in a can? <laughs> you can't just go down to Hy-Vee and, or Ralph's and buy a can of worms. I think if you go to like the, the bait store, they come in a can. No, they come in a plastic dish or a Ugh. or a styrofoam styrofoam bucket. That's a whole other cup of worms. Is that it? Yeah, like <laughs> a cup. And... <laughs> it's funny though that we called you out about bag of worms, but then we started thinking about can of worms doesn't make any more sense. sense. Yeah, yeah, I just pictured like some guy with like a can, like opening like a can right. of beans. Yeah. I always pictured it was like in a reused uh, coffee. Tin. Oh, like someone's digging up worms in their backyard and just throwing them in an empty can. Yeah. I had always thought it was from those <laughs> those gag cans when you were a little kid. That when you the snake they comes ca- out, the cashews. Yeah, like you open them and then a snake comes out. Yeah. Oh, I had one of those. And the snake was the worm. <laughs> the giant I used worm. to have a little envelope, and what you do is you take a washer and a rubber band, and it's like a little Manila envelope, like this big, but it's small it. and tight. And you take the washer mm-hmm. and you wrap it a bunch of times, really like. Like that. All right. With what? Rubber band. Okay. So you're just kind of twirling it so it's really nice and taut, and then you slide it into the bag. Okay? Yeah. So it's nice and taut and wound up really tight in there. Yeah. And then you close it. On the outside of the middle envelope, it said rattlesnake eggs. And then you're like, hey, dude, I found these rattlesnake eggs. Check it out. And then they open it up, and it unravels, and it goes like a rattlesnake rattle. And it would scare the shit out of people. Wow. How did you learn this? Uh, just a thing I had when I was little. I don't know if I... Called Nebraska. Yeah, I'm from Nebraska. <laughs> when you don't have electricity, there's only so much to do. You, gotta... you guys want to play a real good trick on your friend? <laughs> just go take a nickel, put a rubber band around it 15 times, put it in a little baby manila envelope, boom. I have a hard time believing that person would say baby manila envelope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't even know those things existed. <laughs> um, okay, so... Break Room. Yeah. Um, this is one of my favorite Break Room sketches. Oh, thanks. Yeah, we're going to play it. Okay. We're going to play it. It's going to be audio only if you go on our Twitter page, which we officially have as of now. By the time you've heard the first episode, we will have also had it. So I don't know why I'm going into this detail. <laughs> <laughs> it was made yesterday. It was made yesterday. Yeah. Oh, F- nice. Pod at Pod on Twitter. Okay. Or... Facebook backslash fish out of water. Oh boy. We made it real fucking easy. Yeah. <laughs> fish out of water podcast dot Facebook dot com is our Twitter handle. <laughs> Are you serious? No. It's F O O W pod oh and God. then just search fish out of water podcast on Facebook. Okay. Anyways, we'll post this video on both of those places. Which Wait. you might or might not find. Right. <laughs> but also you can listen to the audio only version of this video pod of this video sketch right now. Ninety percent of videos audio. <laughs> so, so if some of these uh, jokes don't go over, it's your fault. Yeah, because we're not they're listening all well. they're built into the audio component of this. Um, blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> Are you a toddler whose life is no fair? Do you hate everything, and especially everything? Have you decided once and for all you're not not gonna? gonna. Then we're on your side. We're the law firm of Whiny, Young, and More. 
At Whiny Young and More, we have a proven track record of success in getting kids what they want. Because we understand that no matter what mommy and daddy offer you, you want something different. I had a client who was ordered to eat three bites of chicken and five bites of broccoli. I was able to get that reduced to two bites of chicken and three bites of broccoli. And a guarantee, the dessert was not fruit. Ice cream or no deal. My client was denied use of his older sister's markers while coloring because those are hers and he had all these crayons he could use. I was able to get him shared access to the full 12 pack of markers and those crayons got a one-way ticket down the toilet. We're tough on crayons. My client was issued a seven o'clock bedtime. She wanted five more minutes. With the help of my team, we got her 10 more minutes and an additional song before lights out. All the verses, no, no. There's one more. So the next time you don't get your way, don't throw a tantrum. Dial it down, then dial our number. We're the law firm of Whiny, Young, and More. We, we say, say no, no so you don't, so have, you don't, to. have, you don't to. have to. Anthony, can you say the break womb? No! And we're back. Yay. Yay. So why, uh, oh so, so tell us about this sketch. Uh, so this is, um, a break room sketch we shot a couple months ago that, um, so going back to what I was saying about like, what's the idea? <clears throat> I was thinking about, um, how my, my daughter is in a phase where she's always trying to negotiate. And, um, my husband and I were even like, he said like, you should do something about negotiations. And so I had that in my brain of like, oh, kids negotiating. So then I think, well, who's someone else who negotiates lawyers. So that's how I, I, I had those ideas connected, but I couldn't quite figure out how, like what happens from there. So that was sort of in my mind for a while. And then I don't know that well, we had done one other commercial parody at that point. And I got to tell you. I love commercial parodies. I love them so much. Like, that would be my dream, is to just be able to write commercial parodies. I love it. Like, Um, oops, I crap my pants? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It's always my favorite part of SNL is is the commercial parodies. Like, I love them so much. Um, So I was like, well, and and with the break womb, we're always thinking, like, what's easy to shoot? Um, And the nice thing is, you know, they have those local personal injury lawyer commercials that are not high production values by any means and are very simple so i thought like i think we can we can shoot this in ryan's living room which is the criteria for most of our videos (laughs) um uh, taking that idea of kids negotiating so we make a law firm that negotiates on behalf of kids but they're not negotiating you know motorcycle accidents or things like that that you see on tv they're negotiating getting you know two more songs at bedtime or only having to eat three bites of chicken or the actual things that kids are negotiating so that was how it all came to be very nice very nice did you edit this tweety no they have a megan Megan o'brien edits edits for the stuff i edited like the first four or five yeah. episodes maybe yeah um, it did remind me the cut reminded me of one of those cheesy law firms yeah like a older school one yeah yeah if you sure. look in the corner that photograph that 
It's actually like an old-timey photograph from like the 1940s or 30s maybe. That's my grandpa. Yeah. How about that? Fun fact. And that's why it's my favorite (laughs) video. Um, Like I was saying off, my favorite, the things that make me laugh are watching. So, and it doesn't show up on the podcast version. Like that's the one thing about the sketch that that a lot of the jokes are going to be missed because it's visual. Yeah. Is like the the just offbeatness of none of you guys are really on the same page on how to end each thing. (laughs) And then Laurel's dumb face, like not, like not Laurel, not like Laurel has a dumb face, but when Laurel makes, when she chooses, when she chooses a dumb face, face, it's, the dumbest face I've ever it's seen. Amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's an amazing quality that she has. Yeah, I think it's so fun. And and I mean, I think it's, it can be, it, it can turn out not well, but it's very fun to the challenge of making something that's supposed to look bad. You know, it, it's, it is challenging because it can be terrible. Like, you know, if you ever saw a sketch or an improv scene about like, a kid's Christmas pageant. Like, I really hate watching those because I'm like, you're just playing idiots. Like, you're just being right. dumb and there's nothing going on. So I I think that's a fun challenge of we're, we're creating this commercial that's sort of intentionally bad, but it's still – we're still trying to mine the comedy of it um, and, and, and make the point of, like, kids being negotiators and just finding a different way. And, and another reason that I really like this one – is that it was just a different way of approaching the material. Like I say, a lot of our sketches are sitting around a table talking about stuff, and so it was fun to do something that that approached it a little bit differently. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned that the part of the challenge was making it bad. Yeah. For me, I'm interested in, I guess, in this part of it. For me, it would be very hard to make it. You guys never swear. You don't really mm-hmm. go blue. Yeah. And if you do go blue, it's it's not as blue as like – I mean literally the pitch that I made would have been the bluest sketch you've ever done. <laughs> the poop one. The poop one. <laughs> like how – is it – do you find it challenging to do mother humor and not be blue? Because I'm assuming as a mom, you probably want to scream like, fuck, like 20 right. times a day. Yeah. Is it hard? Is that hard? Is that harder or do you not even notice? Um, you know, for whatever reason, I've kind of always worked that way. I have never, um, it's not that I don't swear or anything in my normal life. I'm certainly not like puritanical about it or anything, but for my comedy has even an improv, like it's pretty, it's pretty like safe for parents, you know, like I think I've always done everything with this knowledge of like my mom could be in the audience. Um, and so that was not really challenging for me. And in fact, I kind of like that parameter because I think it 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 just gives you something. I don't know. I think if you have free license to do anything, it's almost too much. You know, we had someone um, send us a suggestion about like doing something about like sex after you had a, have a kid. And I was like, God, I'm so glad we're not going to do that because I don't want to. <laughs> but also, like, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it takes away some of what's funny, whether it's about mom stuff or not. I think it takes away some, some of what's funny if nothing is off limits. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's certainly, and I, I will absolutely laugh at things that are filthy and, and whatever. Um, just, it's my personal preference to kind of like, I, I, 
this is going to sound really arrogant of me, but like, I just think you have to work smarter if you, if you are removing some of those things, if you're working in like a PG space, it's harder to be funnier. And, and I think it's, it's a good mental exercise. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there are certain standups who don't, you yeah. know, Jeff Foxworthy, I think he's probably the most notable one, but he's always talks about it. Is, if, and a lot of people I say, have if arguments, curse, I have arguments out. about those comedians and working clean. The only difference between like him, because Larry the Cable, everyone's like, Larry the Cable guy's a clean comedian too, except that he does have so many jokes about like having menage trois with your dog. <laughs> so, like, how clean are you really? Like, right. I get you didn't say I fucked my dog, but you did say <laughs> but I had. But we got the idea. But we got, did. you know, it's the same mental but his picture. Whole, his whole, like, 95%, that might be 5% of his set. Sure. Though. But I think the ideal thing is for someone to to watch things that, like, I, I wouldn't want everyone anyone to ever be like, I like what you do because it's, I can watch it at work or like it's safe or whatever. Like that's never, I I don't ever intend for that to be a selling point. Like I don't want people to notice whether something does or doesn't go blue necessarily. Right. That makes sense. It's just sort of the space where I'm more comfortable um, working. When I, my, my catalog living blog, same thing. Like there were a couple of times where I thought about some posts that was a little more risque and then I just got to the point where I was like, well, that's not really the tone I've set up for this. So I guess I'm just going to stay in this world where everything is is pretty tame and, and whatever. And, and I think sometimes I get more in my head. Like, I think it matters more than it does. Like, I picture someone logging on to YouTube being like, they said, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. I'm never watching this again. Although we do get. I was going to say, you guys get so much, not so much, but you guys get yeah. people that are mad at you for the content. Yeah. Yeah. We did, we did videos where things were bleeped out, like we, where we were swearing, but it was bleeped out and people were like, you lost me. You just lost a subscriber. And it's like, really? Cause we bleeped it. Like get what? Can't um, please everyone. You no, know, you can't, yeah. but there's even been sketches. I know where you guys have, it's like the content was like, not even negative, And people were like, your kids are going to grow up and see oh, this. Yeah. And think that you hate being parents yeah. or whatever. Like, oh, the, I mean, the it's a terrifying place. I think it's actually an impossible place to create from if you start thinking in advance of what the comments are going to be. But I do like it. It strikes me often. Um, and, and like you said, Jeremiah, like you can't please everybody. So at a point, you just have to be like, well, I hope not everyone hates this. <laughs> Do you think that cuz I don't I don't wouldn't say I'm very blue. A Tweety's probably pretty you always write pretty blue stuff. I'm very blue. I I I, but, but I go in and out of it. But I'm like, not blue in the sense of like poop jokes and dick jokes. Although I do, I I will. I mean, I like a good I mean, poop I like joke. yeah, I mean. for sure. But I mean, I'm more like the kind of guy like I would probably I I I'm willing to bet that the word fuck shows up in almost every one of my my sketches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuz that's how I talk. Mhm. So yeah. I just write like I talk. Yeah. And I, and I think that's – to me, I, I guess it's just a – that makes perfect sense. I think it to me it's a matter of like what seems true to the person and does it – if it seems like someone's forcing fucks into a scene. Right. Um, you can smell that a mile you away. You absolutely can or a stand-up routine or whatever. I think it, it just has to be genuine. For and sure. And yeah. I will certainly swear up a storm, although it is less so with now that Valerie understands what I say. She'll be like, why do you say God damn it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think always like at Second City and everything, I just never, I, 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 
I don't know if this is, I, I know I have a quality about me where I look pretty squeaky clean. Um, and I, I, I'm typically smiling. That's <laughs> like, actually very true. Um, so I know that it's a weapon of mine that if I do like in an improv scene or whatever, if I whip out a fuck or a cocksucker or whatever, it has a big impact. So I think that's part of it too, is I know I can save that stuff Ooh. and that it doesn't seem genuine if it's coming out left and right all right. the time. And like you, you'll know, just like you were saying, if people are, sometimes people, they, they use that as like, uh, because they're uncomfortable, they think they'll yeah. get cheap laughs mm-hmm. or they think they can. But you see right through that pretty quickly if there's any – there's no real you know, content to it. And right. it's just got blue shit written into it. Then it doesn't, it doesn't matter. People see it funny or not funny. I think it's the same thing with being clean or not. Like if you're not cursing and it's still not funny, then it's just not funny. Like right. whether or not mm-hmm. – Absolutely. You know, like – I think that's true with all content. Like I was, I was thinking – about are there types of sketches that I would ever say, like, don't write about that. And I, I really think it's a matter of how it's done and how it's treated. And there's there's very, like, tame stuff that can be treated terribly and, like, ugh. Um, and then there's really, like, off-color, you know, things that you would be like, oh, you can't do something about that. And then it's done really well and intelligently mm-hmm. and it works. So it's just, you know, it, it's, the, it's the context of it and, and, and how you're getting that information across do you think that if you started your channel um as the break room and you were more um break womb break womb sorry that's what i said did i say break room i think i thought you said break room and i just wanted to correct you don't fight guys (laughs) shut the fuck up tweety (laughs) (laughs) this is the last podcast they did Um, (laughs) if you guys saw jeremiah he's like a foot and a half taller than me he played football (laughs) in college (laughs) i uh I'm very docile. Um, anyways, uh, do you think that if you set the expectation, because like hearing people be mad that you bleep sketches, in my brain, I would just be like, well, I know most of the time I'm going to be clean. So how about we start the first five and be more vulgar and right. then you won't so, lose people. Like, yeah. you know, that's that sounds the same thing like you were saying. You can't play into what people are going right. to think mm-hmm. is funny. I think you got to just make what you think is funny yeah. and you know, be selfish. In that but sense. there is something to setting the tone. And I think you do it and you don't necessarily even realize it. Like certainly we had no thought of the tone we were setting. And actually what happened is one of the first, I think the second sketch that we um, released, and I, and I think you edited the one with the kids books that was go the fuck to sleep. And there were all kids books. Oh yeah. No. What's the other, the, the oh, guy did that that's one. That's the one that he did. Um, so, so there's an actual kids book called Go the Fuck to Sleep. So we did something off that where we were doing a book swap and we started with that, but then all the titles were like, like, you know, full of, you know, it was like, Hey, you little cocksucker, uh, yeah. you know, why don't you learn to read and stop shitting everywhere, you know, and stuff. And it was all bleeped out. Right. And, and it was the second sketch we released. So it, it, like, I, I, no one batted an eye. We also didn't have a lot of viewers at the time. Um, and we ended up kind of veering away from that. And it's funny because we had written other things. But isn't that the one that got you on Huffington Post the first time? It did, absolutely. And we didn't get any negative feedback, but there was no feedback to have because we were brand new. But then we just sort of veered away from that. Um, Laurel is the spokesperson for Toyota. And so there was this sort of feeling of like, she didn't want to have anything potentially objectionable. Well, that adds a whole other element to everything too because there's so much stuff she can't do. Right. Right. Why is that? I don't know. She's the Toyota girl? So she has to maintain a pretty 
um, clear cut image. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like they had a scene with a car in it. That, oh, right. I forgot about that. There's like a, the like the last thing you hear is a car crashing. And she it, was like, I don't think I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> like and it even, was so funny too. I know. I know. Um, so yeah, it does, it does add another element. Uh, but, but I do think of that of like, it, you, you're maybe not intentionally setting a tone and there's a lot of mom content out there that it's filthy. Um, there was, there's this woman who actually turns out we went to the same high school. Um, and she has a thing. She doesn't do videos so much as like Facebook posts and things like that. And she posted a picture, I think it was on Instagram, about how, like, she was going to give her husband a blowjob that night because he, like, did something nice with the kids. And, like, I went, I'm like, I'm going to read these comments. I bet everyone's really mad. And no one was because our audience knows that yeah, that's know. how yeah. she is. Yeah. But if I had even said, like, <laughs> if I had, like, even hinted at something like that in one of our videos, people would have gone crazy. Yeah. Like, it's just, you do, you... you Set you, up an expectation. You set up an expectation yeah. and you get an audience that's like, I know I can watch one of these videos and, like, my kid can be sitting next to me mm-hmm. and, and it's okay. And and I, I, I get that. Like, I, I kind of think that's cool when we get we get emails from people that are like, my daughter loves your videos. And I'm like, okay, well, that's nice. Like, yeah. you know, I don't aim to be for us to be squeaky clean, but it's kind of cool to hear that because there are a lot of mom comedy things out there that, that kids couldn't Can't watch. watch. They focus on sort of the, not the, I mean, negative, they, they focus on the negative parts of being a mom. The negative parts and even just, I mean, even just stuff about like, oh, <laughs> about to say something. like, oh, my vagina is really blown out now. Like, <laughs> I guess that is a negative part. But like, you know, just anything. Well, it depends about, on who you're asking. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's pretty good to me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just. just blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it happens. What are you going to do? Yeah, what do you do? So basically, you, you write stuff that you could perform in front of your mom. I know my mom yeah. will never watch me in a sketch show, so <laughs> I'm very blue on stage. Mm-hmm. Tweety, same way, maybe. Yeah, I'm very blue. That's what we learned here. Yeah. yeah. But that's okay. There's room for all there's of us. There's room for all of us. And, a, and again, like, I don't, I don't judge at all. Like, I laugh just as hard as, at all of that stuff. It's just, um, I guess it's just where you, you feel comfortable. And I think people have playing. different, like, subjective senses of the humor, too, like, for example, like my favorite comedians are like Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle, right. Louis C.K. These kind of like aggro, yeah, loud, you know, fuck you, fuck society comedians. Yeah, and then guys like say Jim Gaffigan don't really do it for me as right. much. I get that he's funny and I get that people like him and I understand why they do. But for me, I want a guy that's going to scream at the guy in the audience <laughs> for getting on his cell phone. Like the, to me, that's I want to watch Bill Burr berate the dude in the second row yeah. for texting. Yeah. Like that's what I want to see. OK, so this is this absolutely sums it up then, because I want to see the person who like maybe very smartly and offhandedly acknowledges the person who's on the cell phone, but doesn't let it disrupt the show at all. Oh, I so want that's... it to become the show. <laughs> So I think I think you can analyze anyone's comedic point of view by how they want a comic to handle yeah. someone's phone going off yeah. in a Second show. Row. That's right. really yeah, funny. That sums it all up. Perfect. I think we've solved comedy, guys. <laughs> Great episode, huh? Yeah. So ask yourself, what do you want to happen? Yeah. Um, thank you very much for doing this. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Um, 
plug things. Plugs. Okay, uh, here we go. <laughs> Roll out the list. <laughs> um, so the break womb, uh, we're on Facebook at f o o w at the break womb. Uh, and we're on Instagram and Twitter at The Break Womb. Yeah, don't worry about those. Uh, or YouTube.com slash The Break Womb. Um, and then my blog, Catalog Living, is resurrected um, and is now also on Instagram, which is sort of my primary home for it, uh, Instagram and Facebook. So that's Catalog Living. And you can look for it there. Great. That's it. That's all I've just <laughs> Jeremiah? Uh, Dad Jeans, iOS, main stage, second Sunday of the month. 8 p.m., I believe. 9 p.m. Yeah, sometimes. I think it swaps. I think we switched the time, but check out uh, ioimprov.com. I believe it's the website. Or just Google iOS. Uh, I also have a movie um, coming oh, out. Oh, that's right. What? Uh, yeah, check out uh, www.sluwathemovie. Spell that. That's S-L-U-A-G-H. It's a horror film I wrote and produced uh, cool. and acted in that we shot in florida last year last january and um yeah so we got a cool teaser video we're finishing up post-production on that and we should be having it out but keep a lookout for that it's a fun project that i want to show you guys as soon as it as soon as it finishes that's it for me man yeah, uh miss smith is my herald my or sketch team i we are our dates are all over the place because we don't really have a we're on the main stage, but that's all we know. We don't know what our dates and times are. They're all over the place. So figure that out on your own. Uh, <laughs> Do then, work to find me. Huh? Yeah. Also, uh, please subscribe to this podcast at iTunes. It's Fish Out of Water. Um, also at F-O-O-W-Pod on Twitter, on Facebook. It just Fish Out of Water podcast. Search it, <laughs> and it'll come up on Facebook. Great. Are we good? Great. I think we're good. Wow, we need like an we need like a thing to say to get out. Um, what do we? What should we all say? We should do a. We should we should do a three sentence sketch. Oh God. Oh God. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll start. Okay. Man, that baby shit all over. The place. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are, flying an airplane. Uh, uh, is is uh. I'm <laughs> and that's our I'm, shit. I'm, 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 I'm allergic to grass. <laughs> yeah. Nailed it. Uh, nailed it. Scene. See ya. This has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit boardwalkaudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now. Hi, Sex and the City fans. Megan McKeever here. Check out my podcast, Cosmos and the City, where I'll be watching through the entire series of Sex and the City with a slew of fabulous guests. Each week, we'll be talking through everything from who wore what and why to the hottie of the week. So grab a drink and join me on my journey. Thanks, and be sure to subscribe to Cosmos and the City in iTunes or your favorite podcasting app.